welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'm your host again today, and we're going to be getting into cerebral palsy today. This is a condition we have not touched on yet in almost two years of podcasts about light and laser therapies. So I'm looking forward to being able to bring you some research about how light and lasers can be used to help, especially kids, with cerebral palsy. So we're going to talk about what cerebral palsy is, all right, and what causes it, and then we'll get into this research paper. If you've been with me before on the podcast, then you know that I really like to bring information from research articles. So I'll go ahead and give you the reference that I'm going to be talking about today. This was published in February of 2016 in the Journal of Biomedical Optics, and it's titled Evaluation of Low-Level Laser Therapy in the Treatment of Masticatory Muscles Spasticity in Children with Cerebral Palsy. And essentially what that means is how does light therapy work for treating the jaw muscles in kids that have this diagnosis of cerebral palsy? Now, cerebral palsy is one of those disorders that I think a lot of people have heard about, maybe aren't entirely clear on what it is, and it's actually a group of disorders, and it's all connected back to brain damage or abnormal brain development that occurs when you're very, very young, so an infant or even before you're born uh, in utero. Right, and the real common factor there is that it's a motor disability, meaning that it affects the muscles primarily. However, uh, there can also be problems with actual, you know, intellectual disability or seizures, vision problems, changes with speech. Uh, it can affect posture, can affect balance, it can affect the shape of the spine. You can end up with a curved spine or scoliosis. And you can even end up with joint problems from the muscles being very, very spastic. And actually, the primary, most common form of cerebral palsy involves stiff muscles, spasticity. And, and look, this can be on a spectrum as well, right? It can be very, very mild where people have some trouble walking um, or they just need to be more careful about their balance uh, all the way right up into being a quadriplegic because they're not able to move the arms, the legs, because the muscles are locked in this kind of spasticity. So this is something that, you know, is spotted in childhood, uh, usually very early on. And again, it can happen in utero. So an infection that the mother goes through um, or some kind of toxic exposure can generate this uh, brain damage and abnormal development. But also as a newborn, bacterial meningitis, severe jaundice or some kind of bleeding into the brain can cause that as well. And so because the brain is affected at such a young age to such a large degree, we're typically not going to see significant improvement of these patients. On the other hand, you're not really going to see these patients worsen in a lot of cases either. What you've got is kind of what you've got. And again, this happens on the spectrum. So you have, you know, some kids just have mild effects. Others can go all the way to full quadriplegic effects because of the different ways that the brain can be damaged and affected. So, you know, that obviously gives these kids a lot of challenges with just motion, movement, uh, learning language, 
depending on the severity of the cerebral palsy that they're dealing with, they may not be vocal. They may have significant problems in the activities of daily living, which means that they need some significant amounts of caregiving. And so the caregivers then uh, undergo a lot of different things too. Everything from fatigue and injuries, um, because these kids have to be lifted in a lot of cases if they're in that quadriplegic stage, all the way to just exhaustion, fatigue, and dealing with all the problems that come along with these spastic muscles. And so one of the big problems is the spasticity in the muscles that work the jaw. So these are the muscles that are kind of right on the side of your face. If you put your hand up next to your ear and you kind of clench your jaw a little bit, you'll feel those muscles clench and pop out. Those are the muscles we're talking about here. When those are spastic, they are kind of locked in this continuous contraction. And that means that the mouth cannot open very far, that in many cases, especially with seizures, these kids end up biting the side of the mouth or biting the tongue. You know, there's a lot of problems that go along with that, especially when we talk about feeding, eating, and even just hygiene, oral hygiene. Brushing the teeth can become, you know, just about impossible if the teeth are locked into this position. And when it comes to dental procedures that might need to be done, well, that is even harder to get in there where you need to be. A lot of times the opening of the jaw is very, very limited. And so getting, you know, as a dentist, getting to the teeth that you need to get to becomes almost impossible. So that's what really motivated these researchers to look at these kids with CP or cerebral palsy, uh, looking specifically at treating these chewing muscles, these jaw muscles with light and laser therapy to see if we could get improvements in both the amount that the jaw can open as well as quality of life and pain levels and bite force. Now, if you've not been with us for very long in this podcast, we're not talking about laser surgery. We're not cutting or burning any tissues. We're talking about the use of low-level or cold lasers or what's now termed photobiomodulation, which is the use of light to stimulate an improvement in the biology of the tissues that you're treating. We're using this light in a non-invasive way that doesn't do any damage. It's not painful at all. Uh, typically, people don't feel anything, might feel kind of a slight warmth even, but that's about all that's really felt. No risk here. And so the researchers wanted to see if this particular therapy could affect these muscles in a positive way because they say that low-level laser therapy promotes analgesia or pain reduction that it has positive effects in the treatment of fatigue, pain, and fibromyalgia, and improves muscle repair process. Additionally, laser therapy can modulate nerve impulses. And modulating nerve impulses, specifically the nerves that carry information to the muscles, the motor nerves, could then help regulate the spasticity of these muscles. That was their theory. That's what they kind of went in thinking, right? because there's not a lot of good treatments out there for this particular muscle spasticity. They do say that several pharmacological and non-pharmacological treatments are used to treat spasticity in individuals with CP. However, most of the pharmacological treatment options are known to cause undesirable side effects. And because laser therapy is so safe and it's been proven to accelerate muscle recovery and prevent damage induced by metabolic disturbances and the inflammatory reactions following heavy exercise, their idea was, let's see if we can use laser therapy on these muscles to get improvement in the quality of life, not only for these kids, but also for the caregivers. So for this study, they took 30 of these kids who had cerebral palsy. They brought them in for laser therapy treatments 
three times in the first week, then twice in the second week, and then just one time in the third week. So a total of six treatments over three weeks, and they treated both sides of the jaw on, on those muscles using an 808 nanometer low intensity laser, and they just treated a series of spots along those muscles. And the results they got are pretty exciting because they saw a decrease in the bite force, which is good. You don't want to see the jaw clamping down as hard. Uh, and an increase in the amplitude of mouth opening, meaning the kids were able to get the mouth open more. And that was noticed up to week three of laser therapy application. However, there were no differences between the values of these parameters at week six and those obtained prior to the first laser therapy treatment, right? So remember, they, they treated the kids for about three weeks. So once they treated them and then stopped treating, three weeks later, they were kind of back to being the same. And you know, that's, that's pretty understandable because cerebral palsy means that the hard wiring in the brain is not correct, right? So even using laser therapy to help these symptoms, we're not really correcting the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is the abnormal brain development, the brain damage. And because we're not using the laser on the brain, we're using it on the muscles, we're seeing results in the muscles. Still, if you have this decreased bite force and increased opening of the mouth, is that something that is significant? Is that notable? Does it matter? Well, yes, because not only did we see you know, improvement in those two uh, parameters, but the caregivers reported an improvement in sleeping, sucking, and swallowing in the children during that period of up to 15 days after the last application of laser therapy. And that also this should be important to dental surgeons who treat individuals with spastic cerebral palsy for dental problems, since if we can get that mouth open more, you can get to the teeth you need to to do that work much more easily. So just to recap, they treated these kids three times a week in the first week, twice a week in the second week, once in that third week, and then they stopped treating them. And after uh, six weeks from when they had started treatment, kids were kind of back to baseline. But during that kind of three to five week period, these kids had pretty significant improvements and made the caregivers lives easier, made the dentists lives easier, and you know, then kind of returned back to baseline. So what the researchers recommend in this paper is to continue those treatments weekly to maintain the beneficial effects that they saw, and better opening of the mouth and that decreased bite force as well. And if you think about, especially the kids who are quadriplegic, right? Mouth and jaw mobility and motion and function is just incredibly important. So if you or someone you know is dealing with cerebral palsy and this kind of jaw spasticity sounds familiar to you, it might be worth investigating light or laser therapies. And if you want to get the very best, you can find a Laser Therapy Institute clinic near you. You can just go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. There's a tab at the top titled Our Clinics. If you can click on that, you can find a map and that will list out clinics hopefully someone near you who will be able to potentially evaluate and then help you decide if this is a good way to move forward with a patient with cerebral palsy, spastic cerebral palsy in particular. And listen, there have been other studies done on cerebral palsy uh, attacking different aspects of the disorder. This was just 
jaw muscle spasticity. So I'm really hoping in the next few years we see some continued publications in cerebral palsy, maybe even working on additional problems, but we'll see what comes out. And if you stick with us here on this podcast, you should be able to hear about new research as it's published. We'll get it explained to you in a way you can understand. And if you want to read the paper yourself, we'll put a link in the show notes. You can go ahead and look at that paper, see what you think. Run it by your doctor, run it by your pediatrician, and see if this is potentially something that could be useful for you and for those you love. Thanks very much. I'll look forward to seeing you here next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.